calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to the serialized audiobook of The Starter, Season 3 of the Galactic Football League series, written and performed by Scott Sigler. The Starter is also available as an ebook and as an ad free, unabridged audiobook. For links to purchase any version, visit scottsigler.com slash The Starter. Quentin hurried down the corridor toward the touchback's practice field. He'd slept soundly and awoken to find all the crap cleaned out of his quarters. Pilkey had been a busy boy in the night. Quiet, but busy. The modification to Quentin's quarters weren't complete. Contractors would be working on the walls during the day while Quentin was out of the rooms. He'd been called to the practice field to help evaluate the free agent candidates. It excited Quentin to have some control over personnel decisions. He would meet the rookies the next day. They had been selected without his input, mostly because the research on them had been done while Quentin was busy quarterbacking the Krakens in Tier 2. After the Tier 1 campaign finished in 13 weeks, however, Quentin envisioned himself locked away with Hokor during the offseason, reviewing holo after holo of key free agents and potential rookies from around the galaxy. From here on out, every player decision would have the Quentin Barnes stamp of approval. He walked down the tunnel, happy to be back in the touchback's familiar surroundings. Despite the parade bombing and the fear it brought, he felt safe up here. Safe and relieved to once again focus on the only thing that really mattered. Football. Everything seemed possible. He tasted eternal life in his mouth, felt it on his skin. A logical part of his brain said, This can't last forever, but his soul knew better. All of his hard work, a lifetime of dealing with a deadly culture, three seasons of putting up with teammates who treated him like a second-class citizen, all of it had led him to this church, his church, the Church of Football, a religion he created with his own feet, miracles he made with his own arm. He exited the tunnel into the touchback's full-size practice field. The nanograss didn't have a smell, which was a shame. Quentin loved the smell of a gridiron, loved to breathe in the sense of dirt, of plants, of the essence of football. Patches of small, flat, circular white clipper robots roamed across the green practice field, eating the ever-growing nanograss and keeping the surface perfectly trimmed. As he walked, the little robots cleared out of his way, then scooted back to their places after he passed. It was the same ship where he'd spent the last three months, but it felt different. He wasn't the Bush League upstart anymore. He was the starting 
quarterback of a Tier 1 football team. He knew this ship now, knew the 18 decks that rose beyond the end zones. Well, no, actually, that wasn't true. He knew very little of the ship, pretty much just his quarters, the cafeteria, the Kriegsbalak virtual practice system, and this field. Hmm. He'd been so busy doing his job, fighting for his opportunity, that he'd barely explored the ship. Maybe he'd correct that sometime soon. He'd heard rumors that Captain Cheevers was pretty hot. Maybe he'd introduce himself. At the 18th deck, a clear, shallow dome crossed high above the field. Beyond that dome, black space and twinkling stars. So many stars. People said there were something like 400 billion in the Milky Way galaxy alone. Only a fraction had been explored so far, little more than half a billion or something like that. He didn't pay much attention to such things, but he'd heard it would take thousands of years just to see all the stars in this galaxy alone. Just one galaxy out of 500 billion known galaxies. At best, only a fraction of the Milky Way stars would be explored during his lifetime. Quentin jogged to the middle of the field where Don Pine and four human players were waiting by a rack of footballs. Hokor, as always, floated about ten feet above the field in his stupid golf cart. Three of the new humans were dressed in armor and white practice jerseys. One wore street clothes. Don Pine gave Quentin a smile and a wink, the Hall of Fame quarterback's way of saying, It's your show, but I'm here if you need me. Hokor looked so idiotic in his golf cart. The thing was built for a quith leader's small stature like a child's toy driven by an angry, one-eyed stuffed animal wearing a Kraken's windbreaker and baseball cap. The visual was a bit comical, but the audio was not. Hokor's cart had powerful speakers, and when he yelled to them, every player winced. Birds, Hokor said. We picked up a free agent running back to play behind your suit, but we need to see if these tight ends can replace Saul's giver. Okay, coach, what do you want me to do? Hokor waved to the four new humans, calling them over. Of the three wearing football gear, only one had a helmet on. The man dressed in street clothes shook Quentin's hand. Jay Martinez, he said. Free agent running back. Happy to be here. The man looked agile, but somewhat small. He wasn't even as big as his suit, whom Quentin considered a bit undersized for the position. No one, it seemed, measured up to Mitchell Fayette. Jay, I'm Quentin Barnes. Not dressing today? Jay tapped his left knee. Still healing up from an injury I got in the last week of Tier 2. I played for the Damascus Demons in the Union Conference. Quentin couldn't remember the Demons' record. Damascus was a middle-of-the-pack franchise in the Planetary Union Conference. Martinez didn't seem like a major acquisition. The Krakens had also signed rookie running back Dan Campbell, but with both Fayed and Pearson gone, Yasud needed at least one more backup. Welcome, Quentin said, then turned to the first of the three men dressed in gear. His skin was the bright white of a tower native. Not quite as big as Quentin, but young and solid. Vietor Jewel, the man said, shaking Quentin's hand. I'm still under contract with the Errol Archers in the K-League, but they'll loan me for the season if you guys want me. Jewel was a name that Quentin did know. The Archers had entered the T2 tourney, losing in the first round to the Texas Earthlings. Jewel might not be a superstar, but he was a quality tight end. Happy to see what you got, Quentin said. But, uh, loan? How does that work? Don Pine put a hand on Quentin's shoulder. Don did that whenever the older quarterback wanted to provide a bit of knowledge. Everyone else gave mostly useless advice. 
Don just shared his experience, then let Quentin figure it out for himself. Because Tier 2 teams are off when Tier 1 season is on and vice versa, Don said. T2 teams can loan players to T1 teams for a fee. Helps the T2 players get top-flight experience, which they bring back to the teams. And bruises, Pietor said. We bring those back as well. I got loaned to the Vic Vanguard last year, then went back to the Archers. I've been playing nonstop for three straight seasons. If you guys pick me up, it'll be my fourth, then back to the Archers for my fifth. Quentin nodded, impressed by the man's work ethic, but also concerned about that much constant play. Quentin himself had gone from Tier 3 straight up to a Tier 2 season and now was heading into a Tier 1 campaign. His body still hurt from the T2 tourney. He wondered if Jules could hold up through another 12 games of elite football. Pietor stepped back and the second human stepped up. Claudio Morgan, the man said. I was with the Blair Bastion but hoping to catch on with the Tier 1 team. The Bastion played in the Sclorno Conference. The franchise had been around for two decades or more and had never made it into the T2 tournament. Quentin couldn't blame Morgan for wanting to find a way into Tier 1. Good luck, Quentin said. We'll see what you got. The third human walked up but didn't offer his hand. Instead, he took off his helmet and Quentin took in what he assumed to be some kind of practical joke. The man's facial features made him look black or white, maybe even blue, but it was impossible to tell because bright yellow grease paint covered his skin. It looked odd, but then again Quentin had touched the slimy raspers of a sclorno. A little yellow grease paint wasn't going to bother him. Maybe the color was a religious statement or something. He offered his hand. Quentin Barnes! The man stared at the hand. Quentin let it hang there for an uncomfortable five seconds, then lowered it back to his side. The yellow-faced man stepped back. Quentin leaned in close to Pine. Hey, Don, what's the deal with this guy in the makeup? Pine shrugged and whispered back. Heck if I know. His name's Jorge Starcher. Seems kind of familiar to me, but I haven't seen any holos of him yet. He's been with the Moscow Hammers for two seasons. Moscow? I never heard of it. That one of those uh, floating cities in the Hurrah system? Nope. Earth, Pine said. It's an NFL franchise. Tier 3. The NFL. Real Bush League stuff. Better than the PNFL, sure, but not much better. Why wouldn't he shake my hand? That annoys me. Pine put his hand on Quentin's shoulder. Hey, as long as Yellowface can catch, does it matter? Quentin thought for a second. Well, not right now, but maybe down the road, you know. I mean, if the guy can play, great, but if he's a jackass, that might be an issue, right? Pine smiled. You are learning fast, Q. Yeah, locker room poison is a big problem but it's too early to tell that right now. How about you put him through the paces, see if he's worth the trouble. If he isn't, no point in considering potential locker room politics. If he is, you evaluate from there. That makes sense? Quentin nodded. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Pine slapped him on the shoulder. Do your thing, kid. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. 
coach, Quentin called up to Hokor's cart. What do you want to see first? Ten yard hooks, Hokor said. We're going to have to throw short against the ice storm, so let's start there. Quentin walked to the rack of footballs. He grabbed the first one and bent at the knees, a simulation for taking a snap from center. The tight ends lined up eight yards to his left. Pietor bent into a three-point stance, one hand and both feet on the ground, head up, back flat, and parallel to the ground. Quentin took it all in, then looked forward, just as he would for a game-time snap. Hut, hut! Pietor shot off the line as Quentin took three steps back and brought the ball up to his ear. Seven yards into Pietor's route, Quentin reared back and threw a laser. Pietor stopped and turned, hands up to catch the timing pass. The ball slid through his palms and hit him in the chest. He winced, then grabbed the ball off the ground and ran back behind Jorge. Morgane was next. He leaned into the three-point stance, rocketed out on the snap. He ran the pattern well enough, but just seemed a little slow to Quentin. Maybe the guy would loosen up as they continued the drills. Quentin bent for the next snap, but Jorge was standing there, hands on hips, just staring at Quentin. Quentin stood. Hey, Yellow, let's go. You want a shot at this roster slot or not? The universe has decreed that you should throw harder, Jorge said. The cannons of fate cannot change history if the artillery shells of destiny do not finish their parabola of prophecy. What? Starcher! Hokor's angry voice boomed from the floating golf cart speakers. Starcher, you get in your stance and run the rounds I call! Destiny, Pine said absently from behind Quentin. Why does that ring a bell? Jorge was still standing tall. Throw hard, young Quentin, lest the doom of millennial atrophy fill our heads with cotton! Dude, Quentin said. Are you high? Starcher! Hokor screamed. Hokor's fur was already fluffed up. Starcher wasn't doing himself any favors by infuriating the galaxy's angriest coach, that was for sure. Quentin nodded at Starcher. Okay, you want the heat? You got the heat. Now, will you run the damn pattern? The big tight end turned and leaned into his three-point stance, weight forward on his toes and on his extended hand. Hey, Pine said. Wait a minute. I think I know that guy. Pine, shut it, Quentin said. This yellow-faced Starcher guy wanted the cannons? Cannons were Quentin's business, and business was good. He'd bounce one off this guy's face and send him home in a stretcher. Hut, hut! Starcher shot off the line. As Quentin brought up the ball and dropped three steps, he instantly saw that not only was Starcher bigger than Pietor and Morgane, he was much quicker. Quentin's brain took it all in, cataloging the details for later review. When Starcher passed six yards, Quentin was already in his throwing motion. This guy wanted a strong pass? Quentin would deliver a heater a fraction of a second too soon and see how Starcher liked that kind of destiny. Quentin threw as hard as he could. The ball shot out, hissing as the white strings and pebbled brown leather split the air. Starcher turned, his hands came up, and the ball slapped into those hands. For just a moment, Quentin heard a tiny ringing from the air inside the leather ball. The ping sound faded quickly, but punctuated the sentence that popped instantly and eagerly into Quentin's thoughts. This guy has world-class hands. World-class and big. 
The ball practically vanished inside Starcher's mutant-sized hands and his sausage-thick fingers. They ran drills for another 20 minutes, but all that time only confirmed what Quentin had known from the first pass, that Jorge Starcher was a potential all-star who had somehow slipped through the cracks. On the final pass, just to be a smartass, Quentin threw a 10-yard pass as hard as he could. Jorge, possibly to just be a smartass as well, caught it with one hand. Quentin shook his head and laughed. Nice job, man. Starcher smiled, white teeth set in yellow grease paint skin. No, Pine said. Not nice. I know why he's familiar. Jorge Starcher, aren't you George Starcher? Pine, Hokor said. Never mind that. Don turned to look up at the coach's cart. Oh, no, you don't, Hokor. Don't you even start that with me. Are you telling me you brought in George Starcher? Who is George Starcher? Quentin asked. I am, Starcher said. Polisher of a dirty universe and keeper of the far flame. Far flame? Quentin said. You are high. I knew it, Pine said. Hoko, what the hell are you thinking? Quentin looked back and forth between Starcher, Pine, and Hokor. Come on, Quentin said. Will someone please tell me what's going on? Nothing, Hokor said. Just run the drills! Pine's blue face turned a little purple. Nothing? Quentin, are you telling me you never heard of George Starcher? Quentin shook his head. You haven't heard of Schizo Starcher? No? How about Crazy George? Actually, Quentin had heard of Crazy George. He looked at the big yellow-faced human. Played for the uh, Neptune Scarlet Flyers back in 78 or something? Quentin had never seen him play, but yeah, now he remembered. Quentin had read an illegal, pirated feature written by Yolanda Davenport. She'd covered George's philosophical blog or something, made him the subject of one of those colorful personalities of football pieces. Quentin remembered not because of Starcher, but because the story showed a picture of the young, blue-skinned reporter. Oh, how that picture had racked a 14-year-old Quentin with such guilt. She was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen, but it was sinful to be attracted to someone with blue skin. Crazy George Starcher, Pine said. He's been kicked off more teams than I've played on. But he played for Neptune, Quentin said. That means he's got Tier 1 experience. That is right, Starcher said. I have decorated the highest halls of legend. Sure, Pine said. And he was kicked off the Flyers for being bug nuts crazy. Then a season with the Titan Triangles in T2, who cut him, and another T2 season with the Lipton Engineers, who also cut him. Then, it seems, Mr. Paintyface changed his name and fell all the way down to the NFL. Quentin heard what Pine was saying. He respected Pine's opinion above all others, but the fact remained that Starcher had Tier 1 experience. And those hands... Starcher raised his right hand and looked up dramatically, maybe to the dome, maybe to some star above. Quentin looked up, but didn't see anything. Donald Pine speaks the truth, Starcher said, every word dripping with the drama of a preacher. I changed my name because the name was offensive to the hidden old ones of the firmament, and one does not want to offend the hidden old ones of the firmament. Come on, Don, Quentin said. Maybe the guy straightened out his life or something. Don looked stunned at the question. Look at his face, Quentin. Does that look like the face of a man who has straightened out his life? Didn't you just tell me to see if he can catch the ball? Well, he can. That's why so many teams have given him a chance, Pine said. Don't you want to find out why those same teams let him go? 
I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark here, Quentin. They let him go because he's rat-shucking crazy. Maybe Pine was right. But Starcher had the speed, size, moves, and hands of an all-pro. Just the one pass told Quentin that Starcher was better than Yotaro Kobayashi, the Kraken starting tight end, and way better than that racist Rick Warburg. Who knew how good Starch would be after a few weeks of practice, after learning the Kraken's offensive system? Pine! Hokor shouted. This is not your decision! It's mine! Pine glared at Hokor, then looked at Quentin. Q, it's your show now. If you tell Coach no way, he won't sign Starcher. There's a reason that guy was in Tier 3. Don't sign him. Hokor stayed silent, watching. So did Starcher. And so did Pine. They were all waiting for Quentin's words. Maybe it actually was Quentin's decision after all. Starcher spoke first. I am... I have thoughts, he said. Visions, if you will. But I... His voice trailed off. It seemed very difficult for him to say what he needed to say. The dramatic tone dropped away, and Quentin heard the words of a desperate man. I don't always think like maybe you think, but I know I can still play. I can. I will work hard. I just want one more chance. Quentin stared into the man's eyes. There was crazy in there, and after 19 years on a colony ruled by religious fundamentalists, Quentin Barnes knew crazy, but there was also pain. The pain of having both the ability and the desire, but no outlet for it. Quentin knew that pain firsthand. To give George Starcher that chance, all Quentin had to do was look past the odd behavior and the yellow grease paint. Quentin had learned to look past a lot of things in the months since he'd left McCovey. Screw it, Quentin said. Starcher, you'll have to prove it in the locker room and in practice before you get a chance to prove it on the field. You have to do what coach tells you to do, but first... You have to make me happy before you ever see a down of playing time. This is my show. You want in, you do it my way. That work for you? Crazy George Starcher smiled and spread his arms. Destiny delights us with opportunity only seldom. I would be a fool to turn her away. And I... Starcher, Quentin interrupted. Put a sock in the crazy talk. My way or the highway. I want a simple yes or a simple no. Starcher put his hands at his sides, clearly trying to control his emotions. Yes, he said. Quentin felt Don's hand on his shoulder. Quentin, don't, Pine said. You'll regret this. Quentin knew Pine had the experience, the wisdom, but Quentin wanted the kind of dominant tight end that Starcher could clearly be, that Quentin needed him to be. The road to a Tier 1 GFL championship would be a bumpy one. Coach, Quentin said, sign this guy. Pine kicked over the rack of footballs, then strode toward the tunnel. You have been listening to The Starter, Season 3 of the Galactic Football League Series. Written and performed by Scott Sigler. Produced by Ariok Morningstar with post-production by Steve Rickyberg. 
For more information on Scott and more free stories, go to scottsigler.com. Theme music is the song The Kids Are Coming For You by the band Superweapon. Superweaponband.com. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.